welcome back to another episode of Bet on Yourself. This episode's really special because we're doing a summary of episode number two, the interview with Sal Khan, the founder of Khan Academy. Sal is a very special person. I was lucky enough to meet him very early in his entrepreneur journey. And I've really seen the way in which he's grown from his full on bootstrapping mode from back in 2007 to where he's at now. This year in 2020 has had astronomical growth for Sal and Khan Academy. In fact, in March of 2020, they had a 300% growth. You can only imagine what their AWS bill looks like, right? And so we talked to Sal a lot about how he kind of kept his head on straight, how he gathered the right team around him and how he was able to keep a long-term perspective even in this environment. And he confirmed that yes, it still does feel like bootstrapping a lot because of this rapid growth. But he says that he has two sides of his personality, which he tries to fully embrace and balance. And one he described as his delusional optimism and severe pragmatism. These are two forms of one whole brain that helps him put together a company that now is serving millions of people. He confirmed to me, which was a great comfort as a fellow entrepreneur, that it is definitely messy on the inside, even though maybe it looks perfect on the outside. And uh, so I hope all you entrepreneurs out there will take comfort in that, that even Sal, after all these years, uh, still feels like it's a little bit imperfect and they're making it up as they go, given the many, many pivots that we're all going through right now. And for him, he said it's really about redefining for yourself your abilities, letting go of any self-assessments that are not serving you or even are inaccurate, and actually focusing on our actual abilities, things that we can grow, things that we can lean into, and what makes you uniquely you as an entrepreneur. For him, he said that the most important thing was building the right leadership team around him so that he can run further and faster than he could alone. And this is tricky because Sal chose purposely to make Khan Academy a not-for-profit. Now, if he had a dollar, just a dollar for each of his daily active users, he would be a very wealthy man. But it was really important to him to do this as a nonprofit so that he was never swayed in his decision making and that he could always focus entirely on the best way to serve his students across the globe. So the trick in, a t in attracting top talent to his company while in Silicon Valley and not being able to match stock offers that um, these employees might be able to receive at other places came down to four main factors for him. First was he attracted top talent by giving them intellectually challenging work. He got out of their way, gave them really hard problems and gave them full autonomy to solve it and ask the right questions to come up with some really unique and creative solutions. Second was he ensured them that they would have their very best teammates, a very collaborative environment where the third factor is making sure that you have competitive compensation. You're really gonna be well taken care of. So it, it creates this environment where you have full autonomy, you're well compensated, you have good teammates around you. There's no reason not to be collaborative, creative and driven. And that really leads to the fourth and most important thing for Sal in hiring for his team is making sure that they have a passion and a drive for the mission. This puts all of the efforts into one place, into a single lane, and allows all the different um, teams and efforts to collaborate and come together really seamlessly. Now, of course, there's gonna be growing pains with scale, um, and that, for him, was really solved on focused communication. When you have these really passion-driven people who are making creative solutions and willing to run really, really fast, 
it all comes back for the the passion that you're serving it for remembering the students that you're that you're trying to help imagining them around their kitchen tables with their frustrated parents um but for sal personally as a leader he really drew upon some hinduism philosophy to help himself avoid overwhelm as a ceo during this crazy year of pivot and these were some concepts that i had heard of but wasn't fully familiar with um and for him this this Hinduism philosophy is what really helped him just know how to trust his instincts that he would just do the right thing and let the chips fall into place where they will. He was able to accept what was outside of himself and outside of his control and also to uh, fight some imposter syndrome of feeling like he wasn't quite up to the task and maybe someone besides him would be better equipped to address it. And these um, philosophical principles come down to three gunas now i'm sorry if my sanskrit pronunciation isn't perfect but these gunas are the first is sattva which is a principle around goodness and harmony and constructive um emotions towards this goodness you want to put out into the world the second is rajas and rajas are um your passion your active efforts Sometimes you can get a little confused because it's um, running really, really fast. And that leads into the third, which, which is tamas, which is darkness, destructive or chaotic. Now, as I'm looking at these, these three gunas, I definitely relate to sattva, which is the goodness. This is about a harmonious drive towards what you're trying to accomplish it with your company, with your work. And I also feel the passion. Rajas for me is really clear. It's where I put my active energy to try and create something out of nothing. Now, the one I'm least comfortable with, but definitely experience on a daily basis is Tamas, which is the chaotic, maybe counterproductive side that comes out of a feeling of fear as you're an entrepreneur. But all of these gunas are present in everyone and everything. And Sal really pointed out that it is the interplay between these gunas that define your character, that make you who you are, that um, create your nature and determine the progress you're going to make in your life. And it's really a wonderful concept that you can lean into that and feel like you're in control of it rather than being a victim of it. And Sal reminded us that the root of the word passion actually means suffering. It's when you care so much about something that you're willing to suffer in order to bring it into the world. And this reminds me of Ben Horowitz um, wrote in his book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, that for entrepreneurs, there are only two emotions, terror and euphoria. <laughs> and I definitely experience both like on a daily or hourly basis um, in starting my own company and the work I'm trying to put into the world. So Sal gave us, said that the biggest challenge for rapid growth for him has been channeling his employees an incredible passion and drive towards serving and educating the world's um, children. But they've, because they're so passion driven, they feel things very deeply. And 2020 has been really heavy. Goodness knows I relate to this. Like I have had absolute moments of overwhelm, but what gets you to come back with renewed energy and purpose is remembering what you're trying to accomplish, the people that you're trying to help. And somebody gave me really amazing advice when I was just starting my company after I, I left Google after 12 years. It was definitely outside of my comfort zone. They said, on those hard days, really remind yourself that maybe there's someone out there who can only hear this message from you. 
They wouldn't be able to hear it from another source, from a book or a podcast or some other entrepreneur, but maybe there's someone out there who will just uniquely connect with you. And that really has helped me almost on a daily basis to have the courage to, to come out and try and help people in a way that's uniquely me and, and connect with, with all of you who are listening here today. So Sal's mission, if you're not familiar with Khan Academy, they're trying to educate the world. It started very organically when he was just tutoring his nieces through YouTube videos and helping them with a particular part of math that they were struggling in and saw this opportunity to bridge some education gaps, especially for children who maybe come from disadvantaged backgrounds. And so Khan Academy has been a, a way for them to bridge those gaps, feel really successful, gain some self-confidence and be really successful in their studies in a way that they might have been left behind otherwise. So for Sal, he said it's um, becoming about becoming more profound and affecting access to work and education. It's about internet access. Um, and he really feels like um, this needs to be a national effort. Like internet access needs to be treated like a basic utility, like water or electricity to make sure that we don't have an enormous digital divide happening with this next generation. And economists now are predicting that after the COVID-19 pandemic, we're gonna have a K-shaped recovery, meaning that the elite are gonna move up and maybe in a, be in a position even more advantageous than before, whereas the disadvantaged will move farther and farther down. And for me, that's really concerning because we know democracy works best with a very solid middle class. And it would be really, really concerning um, on many levels if that started to disappear. So Sal's work in educating the middle class and making everyone really strong and putting us on equal footing is really important for building up the next generation of entrepreneurs. And so he's doing this through basic daily education. Um, he's for Khan Academy videos, this is kind of the end to the lecturing style of school. You know, when your teacher's standing up at the blackboard, is presenting a concept, they just talk the whole um, lesson and then you have your homework that you take home and try and figure out how to interpret what they've taught you through that lecture and apply it yourself. This flips that upside down. Now teachers can assign the videos as homework, you watch the lectures at home, and then in the classroom, one-on-one, -on -one, the teacher is then able to instruct you and guide you through the problem solving and applying what you've learned in real time and that to me seems like a much better use of educators time and talents and studies is to help the students one-on-one -on -one. so i love how it's flipping the model and sal has also created something called schoolhouse.world where volunteers can come and do mentoring and tutoring for tutoring for students there's also opportunities for assessments because a lot of these end of year assessments like in the united states for example we have sat which is the admit admissions exam that traditionally we all had to suffer through and take to qualify for university that hasn't been available i know my sister who's 20 is um, looking to take that to start grad school soon and it literally isn't being offered at the moment so schoolhouse.world is offering uh, equivalency exams to show preparedness for university for these students as a way for um, universities to judge the student incoming um, student applications, which I just think is, is incredible and um, likely a much better entrance exam than maybe past models have been. So for Sal, he really says that there's benefits to creating some balance as an entrepreneur. There's benefits to getting up, moving around, doing some yoga in the middle of the day. We're not stuck in kind of these nine to five environments where our self-care, our wellness has to be separate from our work life. 
And so for him, that's been one of the biggest advantages of COVID times is being able to have this balance and encouraging his students as well, those who are learning through Khan Academy to, to feel empowered, to get up, take a break, run around, insert some play into their learning. And so for me, at the end of this episode, the call to action is really, if you can, please donate. Khan Academy is serving hundreds of thousands of students in 50 plus different languages across the world and they are running at a deficit because they're a nonprofit. So if you can go and support financially. And another way to support is to donate your time, become a student uh, mentor, uh, tutor, and really use your talents in a subject that you feel comfortable in and pass that on to the next generation who, who knows, might be the one to cure cancer or um, become the good that we want to see in the world. So for me, this episode was really empowering, not only as an entrepreneur and knowing that even he who seems to have everything all together has a messy middle and feels like he's learning some new lessons every day, but also that there are companies like this and CEOs like Sal who are really focused on the good in the world and creating some opportunities when maybe they appear limited during our 2020 restrictions. So I hope you go out there with a newfound confidence um, to bet on yourself, become the entrepreneur, and become the change that you want to see in the world, especially in 2020. So I look forward to seeing you here next week, where we're going to be interviewing um, Pablo Rodriguez, who is going to talk to us all about moonshot thinking, and you definitely are not going to want to miss this. <laughs> all right, see you here next week.